Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. small group study. I hope you're enjoying that. Uh, if you're not in one of our small groups, there's still time. There's, it's never too late uh, to get connected into one of our small groups. Uh, we, have, we have groups that meet just about every night of the week uh, in all different areas and different towns and, and homes. And so there's plenty of room for you to get connected into one of our small groups. Uh, if you're not connected to one of our small groups and you would like to, just on your connection card, say, help me get connected in a small group. We'll follow up with you this week and, and uh, help send you in the right direction uh, to get you connected into a, a small group. But we are studying R12, True Spirituality, and it's really a study through Romans chapter number 12. So I want to encourage everyone to get connected in a small group. It's there. You're going to expound a whole lot more on the Scripture uh, and be able to ask questions and talk and, and uh, reflect one with another than what we're able to do here on a Sunday morning, okay? So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter number 12. I'm going to be unpacking, not in great detail, but I'm going to lean into, let's say that, I'm going to lean into Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8 are the verses that I'm going to just nudge a little bit, and hopefully you'll be able to expound on those more in your small groups as we talk about being an R12 believer, okay? So turn in your Bibles. If you have a digital device, I want to encourage you to go to the Logos Bible software. It's a free Bible software app that you can download on any of your Android devices or your iPhones, iPads, um, Kindle. I think you can get it on Kindle Fire. I'm not a Kindle Fire guy, so I don't know much about the Kindle stuff. Um, other than the Kindle app on my stuff. So I don't know how, how that works, but I believe you can get the logos. Terry, the Kindle. You got a Kindle, right? Do you have the Logos Bible software? Are you able to download that app on the Kindle? Oh, you have it on the Kindle as well? Okay, good. So download that app on there. Uh, and the cool thing about that is if you use the Logos, L-O-G-O-S, if you use the Logos Bible software app, then once you log in and set up your account, it's all free, it doesn't cost a thing, uh, then you can sign in and get on our Wi-Fi here, and it's free to get on our Wi-Fi, and then you can follow along in our service. Collect, just, just select uh, follow the service, and anytime there's a scripture reference that pops up, go right back to that one, if you will, Byron. Go back to that scripture reference, Romans 1, where you just were, right, right there. So anytime there's a scripture reference that pops up, it will highlight on your little d digital device. You push it, it takes you straight to the scripture. That's real handy whenever I'm going through a lot of different scripture. And you can just push each one and it just takes you right there, okay? So I want to help you out in that way. So are you there in Romans chapter 12? While you're turning there, just let me say what a joy it is to have Miss Annie uh, with us today. Uh, this is my wife's father's side of the family, her cousin that's um, in town. Actually, her husband was a retired Air Force, correct? Uh, and he has unfortunately passed away. And, uh, and so they have family that lives here in Shiloh. She's visiting uh, came in for a graduation and surprised us this morning uh, with a visit. So thank you so much for being here. I know it, it brought great joy to, uh, to Deb and 
saw her crying a little bit today. Uh, that's her dad's side of the family. And Debbie's dad, as you guys know, passed away back in 2000. And uh, so it's always good to connect with uh, her dad's side of the family. So thank you for being here today and, and uh, worshiping with us. Are you there in Romans chapter 12? Okay, here we go. I want us to read together. I'm just going to read down through verse number 8. I'm going to lean into verses 3 through 8. But it says in verse 1, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Verse 3. For by the grace given to me. For by the what? Say that word with me. Grace. For by the grace given to me. I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. We'll lean into that here in just a moment. But instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way we who are many are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us. If we have different gifts. If, or we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service, in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting in exhortation, if giving with generosity, leading with diligence, and showing mercy with cheerfulness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful worship experience that we've already had. We thank you for your presence that we feel each and every time we gather together as a body of believers. We thank you, Lord, for our worship band and our worship team and for Tyler who leads that ministry and and how wonderful it is to be able to come and just enjoy good worship by our musicians and by our song leaders. And uh, we just thank you for the gift that you've given them and how they minister to us every week. We thank you for each and every one that's here, all the way from the workers in the Connection Cafe to the greeters at the door, to the office staff, and uh, to our teachers and our nursery workers. And, and, and there's so many different so many different areas where people serve so that we could have church every single week. And we thank you, Lord, for them. We ask you now that you speak to our hearts. We pray, God, you open up our mind and our eyes and illuminate the Word of God. Illuminate our hearts and give us understanding of your Word today. And help us, Lord, as we study this true spirituality. As we talk a little bit about being an R12 believer. I ask you, God, that you would speak to all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I get started too much further, please remember our, our church softball games are this Tuesday night. So if you don't play, you can still come out and cheer the teams on. I don't know the exact times. I think it's in your bulletins there. But uh, the men play and then the co-ed team plays. So come on out and, and uh, cheer all the guys on and gals that we play in this Tuesday evening. Are you there in Romans 12? Yesterday, I was at a commencement, a college commencement graduation speech or, or event, and the keynote speaker was U.S. Senator from Missouri, uh, Roy, Roy Blunt. And he got up to speak and gave a, wonderful, gave a wonderful message. I thought it was a very good speech that he gave, but he started his speech off with this. And I jotted it down as soon as I got a chance because I thought it was pretty good. He said this. He said, one thing I know, 
There is no good 30-minute commencement speech. And then he said, there is no bad 12-minute commencement speech. So he said, I'm going to try to do this in 12 minutes. And uh, he went a little bit longer, but it was still very good. Well, I promise you, I'm not going to be able to get this message out to you in 12 minutes, okay? However, I will be as brief as I can and not try to drag this thing out because I know you have other things you need to be doing today. And, and I appreciate the fact that you're even here this morning to hear God's Word. And so I'll be as short as I can today. However, I want to lean into this passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, down through verse number 8. I want you to go back up to verse number 3 in your text. And I want you to look at the very first part of that passage of Scripture. The Bible says, for by the grace given to me. Guys, do you realize that every single one of us have been extended God's grace? He has, he has graced us with many different wonderful things. And, and grace that God gives us is so much more than just the grace of receiving salvation through His Son. Although that's very, very important, right? Don't underestimate the importance of that. That's very important. But God has graced us. He has given us many, many wonderful gifts. We've all been graced. Say that with me together. Say, we've all been what? Graced. Look at your neighbor and say, you have been graced. Okay? Go ahead, tell them right now. God has blessed you. God has given every single one of us grace every single day. Now, here's something I want you to understand about grace. In the book of Acts, chapter number 6 and verse number 8, the Bible says that now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. He says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among all the people. I'm just here to tell you today that grace and power go hand in hand. I mean, it's, just, it's like peanut butter and jelly, right? It's like bologna and cheese. Hello? I mean, it's like liver mush and eggs. Some may not agree with me there. Uh, it goes together, right? Right, Harold? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say, preacher, right? Uh, he's not much of a pig guy. He doesn't like much pork over there. But liver mush is good. I don't think many of you guys like liver mush, but we love liver mush back home, don't we? Um, liver mush and eggs, you can't beat it. Grace and power, that goes together like a horse in a carriage, right? I mean, where God extends grace, then he empowers you to live out the grace and the gifts that he's given you. I mean, if God has given you wonderful gifts and talents and abilities, and He's graced us with many things, then He's going to empower us to live out that grace. So here's what I want you to see, that grace and power goes together. So because we have received the grace of God, now every single one of us have been empowered to be an R12 believer, a Romans chapter 12 Christian. Are you tracking with me here today? Are you with me today, church? Grace and power. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 8, that Stephen was a man full of God's grace and God's power. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a powerless Christian. I don't want to be a wimpy Christian. Man, I, I'm, I'm either all in in something or I'm not in at all. I mean, if I get in something, I'm, getting, I'm going all the way in it. 
And that's how I want to be in my Christian walk. And that, I don't want to be this, this Sunday morning glory that kind of blooms on Sunday morning and then, and then doesn't give another thought towards God or His things the rest of the week, but comes Sunday morning to bloom once again and show up in church. I don't want to be that kind of person. Right? I want to be filled with God's grace and I want to be empowered by God to live out this life called Christianity and to be a true believer. So whenever we've been gifted and whenever we have experienced God's grace, I just want you to see then what comes along with that is more power for Christian living. You see, guys, as if you remember several weeks ago, whenever I gave you a little bit of an introduction through Romans chapter 12, and we get further past verse number 8 and following through the rest of that chapter, that's some pretty tough stuff there that we are to be living out. And if you remember, I shared with you how when I got through that, that you probably look at me and say, Preacher, there's no way I could do that. And I said, You're right. Because none of us could do this by ourselves. None of us can be an R12 believer, an R12 Christian, a Romans chapter 12 Christ follower without being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. We can't do this by ourselves. Right, church? Are you with me? But He has given us grace, and along with that grace comes the wonderful power to live out this R12 Christian life. So what is it power to do? It's power to live for Christ. What is this power for? It's power to speak for Christ. I was speaking with U.S. Senator Roy Blunt's traveling partner yesterday. And they had him back in the green room and and the, the lady that was kind of over his travel that goes with him and kind of be sure, the, or sure that the venue and everything is correct, I, I saw her kind of scoping everything out and being sure everything was properly cared for. And so when he came on to, to speak, everything was good and he could go off and they would go off and he had like two or three more speaking events. And, and I asked her, and I don't know if you guys, so I, I really got on my phone real quick and I Googled, you know, the values, the belief system and everything of Roy Blunt. I don't want to know who this man was. Right? Because I had the opportunity to speak to his assistant. Right? So I want to know. Is there something I need to tell her to tell him? And after I found out what kind of man he was, I pulled her aside and I said, You tell Roy Blunt that I am a Baptist pastor and that I am praying for him and I thank God for his stand. He is a godly man. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you realize this, but he was the president of Midwest Baptist Theological Seminary for four years. This is a godly man that has great values. And I got to speaking with her and I said, how is it for him to be a godly man, to be this, this man that has these values in such a corrupt world that we live in today, a corrupt culture? And she said it's extremely hard for him to stand on his values in the midst of the culture and society that we all find ourselves in today. And guys, the same thing is true for you. And the same thing is true for me. We all need power that only comes from God to live out this Christian life in this culture, in this day that we're living in today, right? I mean, it seems like everything in the world's being accepted except God and His Word and Christianity. That's being slammed, it's being ridiculed, it's being thrown in our face, you're being thrown in jail for making statements that stand on the Word of God, you're being fired from jobs and everything else, and the list goes on and on. And if we're not real careful, we as believers and we as Christ followers will cease living out Romans chapter 12 because we don't have the power to live that out in and of ourselves, and we'll get afraid and wind up in some little corner somewhere and let the whole world shout us down. When I think we as believers need to start taking a little bit stronger stand on some of the things that are being, being accepted as the norm in our culture today. 
Let me tell you something, church. You can't do that by yourself. You can only do that when you are empowered by God and you only be empowered by God when you start receiving His grace and His mercy and you start receiving His gifts and you start looking at your life, how He's vested you and built you and gifted you and what He's allowed you to do and then draw on His power to not only live for Christ but to speak for Him in an age when your very words are being taken from you, the liberty and the freedom that we used to have to be able to speak whatever we thought. Guys, that liberty and freedom is being taken away, especially from Christians. Are you with me today, guys? Come on. I know this is a sore spot. My wife and I had a conversation yesterday. She asked me, she said, John, are you afraid? Are you afraid that what you speak and the truth that you speak and the stance that you take according to God's word, that there may be people that rise up to attack you? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fearful of that. Yeah, I am. In this day and age, it's not easy to be a proclaimer of the Word of God. But guys, listen, we've got to stand collectively together on the Word of God. Now, I think we've got to be careful in how we present the truth, right? I mean, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to put a lot of thought into how we present the truth. Presentation is key. But guys, we can't back down from it. We need God's grace, and along with that comes God's power to allow us to not only live in Christ, but to speak for Christ, to do good for Christ, to stand on His Word, and then ultimately to live out this R12 life of being a believer. Now, I told you I'd be short. I've been way too long in my introduction. I want to share with you three things, okay? These three things I want to share with you. It worked good. In Roy Blunt's commencement speech yesterday, it's not working so good for me in my sermon here today. So hopefully there are some good 30-minute sermons, maybe not a commencement speech, but let me give you three things here real quickly. Three things to become an R12 believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think there are three things that we must do, and we get this out of Romans chapter 12, verse 3 and following. Number one, to become an R12 believer, I must and you must, we must humble ourselves. Okay? Now, I want you to look what the Scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I think I have a slide here for humble. Yeah. I want us to humble ourselves. That's a key word. There are actually three H's I'm going to share with you. Humble, honor, and help. But right now I want to talk about humble. There's three things that we must do to be an R12 believer. The first thing we must do is humble ourselves. In verse number three, for by grace given to me, I tell everyone among you, get this, Paul is saying, not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Stop right there. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should think. But instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each and every one. Some, some Bible translations or paraphrases read something like this. Do not have an exaggerated opinion of yourself or of your own importance. My wife and I ran across an individual last night that had an extreme exaggerated opinion and thought life about himself and his own importance. And you may know some individuals like that as well. Hello? I mean, they just think the sun sets and rises in them. Hello? Let me tell you, there's none of us that important. I don't care how many degrees you have after your name, you're not that important. I don't care how long your resume is, you're not that important. Are you with me, church? 
Hello? The Bible says not to think of ourselves more highly than we should think. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 2. It goes along with that. He said, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I'll tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. What is Jesus saying? You know what he's saying? He's simply just saying this. Don't toot your own horn. Hello? Don't blow your own trumpet. Hello? Don't think of yourself, as Paul said in Romans 12, 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Pridefully, we all often think of ourselves better than we ought from time to time. We've all been guilty of that at some degree or another. To think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. What about you? Have you ever had an exaggerated opinion of yourself? I see some wives elbowing their husbands right now. No? Have we ever had an exaggerated opinion of ourselves? If we have, I want you to listen to what Scripture says. Listen to, the, listen to this. And I'm going to kind of hit all these really fast. In Proverbs 16, 18, the Bible says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. In Psalm 10, verse number 4, it says, In his pride, the wicked does not seek him, the Lord. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God in the prideful. Proverbs 11, 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 13, 10. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs 29, 23. I could expound on all of these, but I, I must resist the temptation. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride brings him low, but a man of lowly spirit gains honor. Pride does not have a good record. And here's the, reserve, the, the reverse of pride in Matthew 23, 12. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever it hum humbles himself will be exalted. Let me call time out right there. Guys, you realize that if we exalt ourselves, God is saying, these are the words of Jesus, I will humble you. Right? Have we all maybe, maybe, maybe at one time or another experienced God's humbling of us? I have. I'll be the first one to admit. There are times. You've got to understand. We are all tempted from time to time to think more highly of ourselves than we should think. We are all tempted from time to time to have an exaggerated opinion of ourselves. And it's that time that God comes by. I remember when I was a boy growing up in church, and I would sit in church, and my mom, she would always put her arms around us, and my, my oldest sister sat next to mom, and I sat over here on the end. I'm talking about as a little boy, and, and they, we had to just sit in church, okay? And during the preaching, I remember, I remember the preaching, sitting there, watching the preaching, listening to the preaching, and all this, and I was fiddling, I was doing something. All of a sudden, there would be a thump on my head from my mother. Thump. Any of you kids ever received that? Any of you adults ever received a thump on the head? Yeah, I, I received a thump. And I knew when I had a thump on the head that mom was trying to get my attention. Guys, have you ever had the Lord thump you? Have you ever had the Holy Spirit thump you? What in the world are you doing? And it's like the Holy Spirit just has got to get your attention somehow. That's that humbling. I've had the Lord humble me. And possibly you have as well. Because... Pride is, pride is something that, that just seeps in. Matter of fact, 
God hates pride, and, and I believe it goes all the way back to possibly one of the very first sins, and I'm going way back further than Adam and Eve. I'm going all the way back to, to Satan himself, to Lucifer, and to, my, or, or to or him in heaven, and, and him being fallen, because he was prideful. He wanted to exalt his throne above God's throne. He wanted the things that God was receiving. And the root of all of that is, is pride. So we've got to be careful with that. So we need to humble ourselves. And by the way, get this, church. If we don't humble ourselves, if we don't remain humble and stay humble, God will humble us. But there's a fine line there between pride and humility, right? Because, get this, okay, we're to be humble. But if you ask someone if they're humble, they say, oh, yeah, I'm a humble person. They're no longer humble, humble because they become very prideful of the fact that they're humble. Are you with me there? I mean, you've got to let that sink in a little bit, right? So there are people that run around all the time bragging about how humble they are, but really they're filled with pride. Are you with me, church? You'll get that one later. Just let that sink in as you go throughout this week. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, to be an R12 believer, the first thing we must do, Romans chapter 12, verse number 3, we must humble ourselves. Let me give you the second H. Not only must we humble ourselves, I like this one, but we must honor others. You see, life's got to be about others. It's got to be about serving others. It's got to be honoring others, elevating others, lifting up others, bragging on others. It's not about self. Are you with me? Now, I realize that's countercultural, especially in our day. Everything's about self in our day, right? You deserve the best. Go do whatever. You know, and Elvis Presley, I guess, kind of set it all off, and I'll do it my way. It's all about me. But no, it isn't. It's really about being an R12 believer. It's about humbling ourselves, but it's also honoring and lifting up others. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. It says, now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So what do members of one body do? They honor one another. They complement one another. For my body to work as it should work, these members of this body... My physical body must be in harmony. They must be complementing one another. They must be supporting one another. They must be honoring one another for it to work properly. Are you with me? The same thing is true in the body of Christ. We, re- we must realize that God has gifted all of us in many different gifts and many different talents. And we all do not have the same abilities. But sometimes it's easy for us to honor the individual that is gifted with many wonderful abilities and talents and totally ignore one over here that may just have a couple gifts, but they are serving their heart out. They're serving, they're giving all in that area of service, just serving, serving, serving. What we need to do is look at the whole body of Christ and honor everyone and not just one or two. All right? Everybody is important, Right? Everybody in the body of the Victory Church family is very important. And we need to be honoring one another in the body of Christ. I love what Philippians chapter 2. You need to, you need to write down this verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. You need to get a hold of this verse. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others Better than yourselves. Wow. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. 
And each of us, or each one, should not look only to their own interests, but also to the interests of others. You see, I believe whenever God's grace is at work in our lives, then I think we will think less of ourselves and more of others. Are you with me? So we're going to honor others. The third H, and I'll be done with this one, and I'm almost to the end here. To become an R12 believer, not only must we humble ourselves, not only must we honor others, but thirdly, we must help others. With those gifts and those talents and the grace that God has given you, He's given you that grace for a reason. And that grace is for you to serve and to help others. He lists some of the gifts and some of the grace that He's given us in verses 6-8 through of Romans chapter 12. It says, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. Guys, that's okay. Are you with me, church? It's okay to have different gifts. I'm always concerned about the individual that may rise up in a church and say that every believer in the church must look like this and act like this and do this and be involved in this and do this. And they've created this mold that every believer must fit into. Guys, understand, God hasn't created us to all fit in one mold. We are all very different, and that's okay. We are all gift with many different gifts. I mean, there's some, listen, there's some that I know have the wonderful gift of evangelism, and they can just talk to anybody about Christ, and it seems like before you know it, they've led that person to Christ. But there's some folks that just aren't well gifted at that. It just doesn't meet their personality. They're more of an introvert. They have a hard time discussing that. Does that mean you're never involved in evangelism? No, there are times when you're going to share when, when, the, when the situation more fits you, but you may be gifted in another way. My point is this. That's okay. Right? Right? We can't stuff everything in the same mold. We must understand that we all have these different gifts. And then he lists them. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service, in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. If giving, with generosity. If leading, with diligence. If showing mercy, with cheerfulness. And he's going through these diversity of gifts and talents that we've all been given. But why have we been given these gifts and talents? In the end, it's to help each other. It's to serve each other. I love what Mother Teresa said. And by the way, she was a very gifted, humble servant that gave her whole life to caring for the sick and the diseased and the poor. She made this statement, and I think it's a great statement. She says this, Not all of us can do great things, but we can do Small things with great love. I like that. Not all of us can do great things, but every single one of us can do small things with great love in serving one another. In 1 Peter 4, you need to write this one down as well. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, the Bible says this, Based on the gift each one has received, use it, to make a lot of money. No, 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 no. That's not what it says, right? That's not what it says. Look, look, let's read it again. Based on the gift that each one has received, use it to make a name for yourself. No. Based on the gifts that you have received, use it to get the next promotion. No. 
based on the gift that you have received, use it to get voted into the next political office or to gain power or, or prestige or honor in our culture. No. Are you with me, church? 1 Peter 4 and 10 says this, based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others. Wow. So the gifts, the grace that God has given us, and along with that grace comes the empowerment from the Holy Spirit. We're not to use that for self-gain. We're, we're to use that to serve other people and to be a blessing to other people. If it's knowledge, then use it to serve others. If it's prophecy, then use it to serve others. If it's giving, then use it in generosity to serve others. And it goes all through that list. That's the point of it. Are you with me, church? So to be an R12 believer, it's not about using these mercies and these gifts and these talents and this grace that I'm getting from God and this power that I'm getting from the Holy Spirit and using it for my own self-will or my own self-gain. No. It's to use it to serve other people and to be a blessing to other people. Now, whenever we start doing that, whenever we humble ourselves and whenever we honor others, and whenever we help others, whenever we do these three H's, whenever we humble, honor, and help, you know what you're doing? You're on the road to being an R12 believer in Jesus Christ. A Romans 12 Christ follower. So my question to you is this. Do you think of yourself... Maybe a little bit more highly than you ought to think. Do you have a, an exaggerated opinion of yourself? If so, I just want to encourage you, humble yourself before God does. It's a little easier when we humble ourselves. It's a little more painful when we keep on in our arrogant way and the Lord has to humble us. Just take it from one who knows. Okay? Been there, done that, experienced that, don't want any more of that. Are you with me, church? Humble yourselves. And then learn how to honor one another. Realize that life isn't all about you. It isn't all about me. It's about esteeming of others of greater value than yourself. It's about serving others and helping others. Man, if we can just get a hold of these three H's. Everybody say it with me. Humble, honor, help. Say it with me. Humble, honor, help. Again, humble, honor, and help. Whenever we do that, then we become an R12 believer. One as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, we thank you for our time together. Lord, we do thank you for your word. and We thank you that it's so alive in our hearts and in our lives today. And Father, I thank you for a church family that is studying together on how to be an R12 Christ follower. And I thank you, Lord, for each one that meets in every group and for every small group leader we have and how they're opening up their homes to be able to enter into this type of discussion one with another. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would just bless them. Help each and every one of us right now to, to be this R12 believer, to learn how to humble ourselves, to not to think of ourselves more highly than we should think, to not to have an exaggerated opinion of ourselves, to realize that we're just clay. At the end of the day, we're just dirt. We're just dust. 
But you've made us of great value because you breathed life into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul. And ultimately, your son Jesus came and died on the cross for all of us. That's what brings great value to our life. And Father, I pray now as we have this time of just reflection that God, we would first and foremost search our hearts. Do we know you? Do we know you as our Savior? Have we trusted you? Father, if there's one here today in our midst that that's never come to that place in their life where they've received you as their Lord and their Savior, I pray that right now they would make that decision. And God, I want to help that one individual or two or three that may be here and that just needs to give their life to you today. Right now, I just pray that they would realize that they, along with all of us, are sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of sin, the penalty of death must be paid. And Jesus paid that sin debt on on the cross of Calvary. And he was buried and he rose again victoriously the third day. And now he's ascended back to your right hand, making intercession for all of us. Father, I pray for that individual today that just needs to recognize that, that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And right now they give you their heart and their life and they repent and they ask you to forgive them of their sins and to come into their heart and be their Lord and be their God. Save them today, God, I pray. Father, I pray for the believers that are here that have already prayed that prayer either weeks, months, years ago, but are just now reminded again of what it means to be an R12 believer, true spirituality, is that we must live a life where we humble ourselves, not think of ourselves more than we should, but we humble ourselves, we honor others, and we help others. When we do that, God, We're on the track. We're on the right highway of being an R12 believer. I pray that we'd leave here today and we would search for a way that we could humble ourselves this week. We'd also search for a way that we can honor someone else. God, we'd find a way this week that we could help someone in using the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you've blessed us with, help us to use those to help other people. And at the end of the day, we want to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all that you do in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. 
Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.